Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Bum, 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 Fireman Frank is an American hero, but he died in the past, and then he died again, then he came back to life. Luckily, his son had a magic radio frequency. Not where I thought you were going to go with the, the intro. I thought you were going to do some fake ham radio... Break, uh, break, uh, Rubber duck, two. this is fuck puppet, yeah. come in, pig pen, or whatever. No, no, our fireman Sam, because they're about firemen. American heroes. I did have a theory actually watching this that I know it's, you know, cause it's about time travel. I thought a good sequel to this is the son, he saved his dad in the past, right, by interfering over the radio. What if in the sequel he has a son and that son tells him saves him from like nine eleven or something. Like this like Dad, you don't go to the Twin Towers in New York or, you know and he avoids that and then he has to maybe they have to stop a serial killer because he avoided being killed in nine eleven or something, you know? Like that was maybe my setup. T V series is about I'm are they related? Yeah, the T V series is an adapt adaptation of the film. Christ. They, whoever made that was a fucking mook. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, I'm Rich. Hello. With me to do the podcast is that man, Jamie. Break a bit. Oh, fuck it. Wow, that oh. lasted half a second. <laughs> you didn't even finish the word. Didn't even Can go. Didn't even go. No. Well, anyway, our other. I'm not going to do any sort of smooth thing. Abby's here as well. <laughs> wow. Yes, hello. And, uh, yeah, no Anthony this time. Oh, He's uh, under the weather at the minute. So, Frequency, guys. Um, Jamie picked it for us to have a little butcher's look at. I said it wrong. Butcher's look. <laughs> the old butcher's look hook. Copyright with slang done wrong. I uh, like the idea of that's the, apparently the definition of this podcast is, is film. Let's have a butcher's. Let's have a butcher's. We are, oh, look at this bloody film. Look at this, look at this. This bloody fucking don't make no sense. But yeah, we're here to just discuss the film as usual, and Jamie picked it, and it was Frequency. Uh, Jamie, you give the details and then fucking explain yourself. Frequency. <laughs> Sorry. You're I right. I'm I know Rora Borealis or whatever is hard to say, but frequency doesn't have to be laboured, does it? Frequency. Frequency is from 2000, uh, directed by Gregory Hoblet, written by Toby Emmerich. It stars Dennis Quaid, Jim Caviezel, Sean Doyle, Elizabeth Mitchell, Andre Brower, and a baby Michael Sarah. Yeah. Um, there's my te- very tenuous Twin Peaks connection. It's been a while since I've had one of those. I, I, um, was, I was delighted when uh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was in it. I'm like, oh, and he's playing yeah. a policeman. Is this like canon to Brooklyn Nine-Nine? What's going on? Yeah, Andre Brower. I mean, he's better in Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he's hilarious. But, you know, this, is, most, a this of... is a straight role and it, it's got moments. It does have a couple of moments in this towards the end. Um... Anyway, just the summary from IMDb. Uh, an accidental cross-time radio link connects father and son across 30 years. 
The son tries to save his father's life, but then must fix the consequences. Already the the synopsis gets into how fucking needlessly complicated it is. Ma- magic radio, that explains it. No, no, it's it's simple, but you don't really need to throw... If you have a magic radio that you could... If you're communicating to the past, do we need a serial killer to complicate matters? The ramifications uh, are the yeah. things that get out of control, I think. But just magic radio... Wow, imagine all the things. Imagine if you had a radio where you could talk to your dad in the past. Think of all the incredible things you could do, like bet it on does. baseball and stop people dying. Not to not to leap ahead, but it does. There was a moment in, I don't know where it is in the film, I would guess like still in like, approaching the middle maybe, where uh, they do realize they're actually talking to each other and there's a long montage of them going through like baseball stuff and kind of connecting and it ends with a very heartfelt conversation and then them saying that they love each other and in my head I was like the end what a pleasant (laughs) film that was (laughs) and then the other film starts (laughs) yeah just the filmic equivalent of praying at a graveside and what would my dad say it would be nice if we could have had uh, time to chat. Oh, you know, like I don't know. Oh. But no, um, frequency, Jamie. Her, why did this uh, come to your attention? Uh, I, uh, I mean, this wasn't my first choice. You all voted for this one. You put <laughs> it up though, didn't you? So okay. I did, but it... I thought you were all going to go for Fallen. What is um, no, what I'm happened like... is I spoke to my dad in the past on a on an old <laughs> mobile phone and he said, "Son, you've got to do a podcast." I, I know I don't know what podcasts are in the past, but you've got to watch this film. It's amazing. It was actually me from the future talking to myself, but he just said, "Fuck off." Um, <laughs> Weird. It, uh, no, I. I like uh, the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington and John Goodman. Um, and I hadn't, I realized I hadn't, I didn't know who the director was necessarily. Um, so I kind of poked around in his um, basement, bins. Yeah. Um, his IMDb basement. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Just to kind of see what other stuff he'd done. And I remembered this. Like, I remember trailers for this very vividly. Um, oh, you're the only one. Why, I don't remember this at all. I, I do. I was getting promoted a lot. And I remember people, like, liking it at the time and it getting a lot of, like, good reviews. But also, no one outside of, like, reviewers was talking about it. It was one of those films. Yeah. So the curiosity eventually got the better of you. Yeah, like I said, I was hoping we were going to do Fallen, but uh... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, like, but, let's yeah. not throw me under the bus here. I didn't pick this. <laughs> I didn't pick I Fallen pick... either, but anyway. there are. It does have some similarities to Fallen. Um, he seems to like his. The director's taste seem to fall into police procedural, but whenever he like has ownership of a project, he likes to put something a little bit weirder in there just to throw it off. Right. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a kind of. 
you know, it's a Twilight Zone-ish premise, isn't it? But it's I not. Love that this is this is a lot more saccharine than Fallen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly yeah. Um, we'll, cheesy. we'll get yeah, yeah. The Garth Brooks song at the end was a little bit much. <laughs> anyway, I'd not not heard of it, not come across it. And then when I saw the poster, I was like, fuck you. And then when I watched the film, I was like, that poster's really shit then, because that's fucking terrible. <laughs> Conveys nothing. It's not, I, I, I don't know what I would do for a poster, because it's just a couple of people chatting on a yeah, radio. Bit, bit of fireman action, but fundamentally, it's not about fireman. The, the frequency aspect isn't about, you know, saving people from burning buildings or manholes or whatever. Uh, Abby, had you heard of this, come across it, have any strong feelings about Quaid or anyone? Uh, I had no notion of this at all. I had never heard of the director, even. Uh, as for Quaid, I, I have a preference for Randy over Dennis. Well, as an actor or as a person? As an actor. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. You like uh, Jim Caviezel, though. He's in Outlander, right? Yes. I was, I was just going to say, surely, Abby, your interest has peaked when you saw that the music was by Michael Kamen. I did make note of that. As, as soon as... She, chir- she chirped up as well when the credit came up. I so think. did I, actually. <laughs> I chirped. <laughs> Although, like, the music wasn't especially... Yeah, it's kind of unremarkable, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although unremarkable pretty much describes this whole film. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. It's odd that they can make a film this boring when it's about stopping a serial killer across different timelines and altering your lives and getting duplicate memories and the Aurora Bora Bora or whatever. You know. I don't think they knew they were making a science fiction film. It, yeah, I kind of got that feeling as well. It's it's quite um it's it's I don't quite know how to describe what the problem is because it isn't that it's bad. Like it's it's very solid and they just and... try to make it a drama when really it's either a fantasy or a science fiction and they should act accordingly. If yeah, it, the the tone it of it felt like a it feel it felt tonally like it was going to be a Hallmark movie or something. It was just so like chintzy and like ah, oh, just white bread American convention like baseball and firemen and beers and wholesome dads. Okay. Right off right off the bat, I do want to talk about Dennis Quaid in this film and how he is literally cast as capital D dad. <laughs> like, the dad that everyone is, imagines they w- would dad. want. Yeah. Is a good dad that you like. <laughs> it's a like, dad that doesn't yeah. exist in reality, but it's like the dad people think. It's just like I'm going to wear a leather jacket and a baseball cap and take my son to the baseball and teach him to. Like he literally teaches him to like ride a bike, and you go fuck, fucking what? Like my my dad tried to teach me how to ride a bike, and it involved so much swearing, I had to stop and continue using stabilizers until one of my friends could teach me because he had no patience for it, and, like, couldn't... It was just... It was a nightmare. 
<laughs> trying to learn is, from my dad. Yeah, no, he 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 teaches him how to ride a bike. He teaches him baseball. He loves baseball because he's a dad. He loves Elvis also because he's a dad. He he drinks beers casually throughout the day in his leather jacket, but he's yeah. never gets drunk enough to hit anyone. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's never he's never just fucking pissing himself and covering himself in beans like an actual he dad. Has, he even has that like. I, and I'm I'm sure this is why he was cast in this role. He just has that like '90s era Harrison Ford thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Harrison Ford a couple of times. But the so thing I is, think it was one of the people they had in mind initially. But Harrison Ford in his movies is kind of cool. I mean, maybe in real life, but Harrison Ford is got has got a kind of I'm not even bothered how cool I am vibe. Whereas this is much more because he's. A lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Harrison Ford gives a shit about the, the the same things. I think Harrison Ford has contempt for the fans of his because they don't like the things he likes. He doesn't care for all of the silly well, like Indiana Jones and Star Wars things. The, you know, the difference is Harrison Ford kind of became an act, an actor by accident as a favor to George Lucas, but unfortunately, he's very charismatic and appealing, and I think yeah. he hates it because he. <laughs> He never wanted to be famous, whereas like Dennis Quaid is much more of a like a, an actor, but he he has that like I I would like I know it's it's it might be the wrong word, but he is sort of perfectly cast in this because he has that dadliness to him. But there's a slightly lame quality that you can't quite put your finger on. But yeah, that, yeah. but that makes it work even better. It's the sort of thing where one of the things that's a problem in a way is that so the son has a kind of second chance at having a dad because of the circumstances of the movie where you know he gets uh, he loses his dad in the first timeline of this fucking thing, but like if he'd have continued to have a dad, I was like maybe you'd have grown up to be a teenager and start hating your dad. It's kind of weird that yeah. now you're an adult, you're like oh I have a loving wholesome relationship with my dad. It's like nah, you wouldn't want to talk to him anymore if he'd have grown up with him. You because he's dead, you want to chat with him and yeah, be like oh him. yeah yeah, and that's what it felt like. This is the romanticized what if a fucking bald eagle was my dad in human form? <laughs> like this yeah. is like oh he was a fireman and a hero. It's like yeah, but you know in reality he was probably a balance but um it does um I, it did make me wonder when i when i was watching it like was this written immediately after like the writer's dad had died or something oh. <laughs> yeah, you just sit like there a... imagining like oh if, if only my dad could have seen me become a mediocre film writer or something. i will say like apparently Rennie Harlan was supposed to direct this originally and it was going to star Sylvester Stallone and like both of those things make it a very very different film I can't yeah like Sylvester Stallone trying to even work a fucking radio hello <laughs> hello is that Adrian <laughs> hello now he has a PhD I think yeah he could, the he, problem he... is you wouldn't be able to understand the word he says over a ham radio <laughs> Uh, and there'd be no sense of like who is this? It's like no, no, that's your dad. Yeah, <laughs> you don't pick up. The, you could be any. Oh, who am I talking to? Uh, are you a truck driver or something? It's like yeah, I'm a truck. <laughs> no, no. Oh, dad. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Recognize that voice anywhere. Um. Anyway, let's talk about some of the premise, and uh, it'll make it easier to 
talk about the nuances then, wouldn't it? Um, it so it basically starts with a oh my god, firefighters are so fucking hard and cool, and they save the fucking day. They're all fucking legends. I love them. Oh, here they go down a sewer to fight an explosion <laughs> or whatever. Hold on, are we learning you don't like firemen? Look. Firemen are great. I'm glad they save lives, but they they hardly ever tackle filmic fucking fires like in backdraft and shit. Do you know what I mean? Like a fireman's job is to go and give a row to students who set a smoke alarm off again and again and again. <laughs> am, am I right, Abby, or am I right? Oh, thank you for giving flashbacks to standing outside of specifically your halls rather than mine because it happened more frequently. Oh my god, I think this exact thing happened to me when I was in university. Everyone tries to have a... Every university halls, someone has a cheeky... They cover up their fucking fire alarm or have a, try and have a fucking fag or burn toast or use too much deodorant or something and you all get talked to by firemen because you're little children all, all of a sudden. <laughs> And told off. So maybe that's maybe that's where it comes from. The endless, like, not my fault. I didn't set the alarms off. But being told off by firemen has made me go, oh, fuck off. You're not heroes, really. I think it also may be a cultural difference because firemen in the UK are different than, like, American firemen are very, like, freaking six packs of ass cheeks and jawlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Whereas in the UK, it's just fireman Sam and, and Pontapandi. But this, well, not so much now. Like the more when I was working in the petrol station, that they would come in periodically for like sandwiches or whatever. And now they're all like six foot plus, clearly gym, and I'm just sort of standing there, like, why am I so small? Professional wrestlers walking in. Yeah. But these are 1960s, you know, back when men were men type blokes who, you know, pat each other on the back and have a beer after they've nearly died, you know? Like, they're absolutely unfazed by death. And they... I mean, I'm sure firemen are very, like, ready to fucking die. At least that's... That's the idea. I think American firemen are ready to die. I think British <laughs> yeah. British firemen are ready to turn up and fill out a report after it's all burnt down. <laughs> you know. But it's like your Americana... It's the yeah. what nostalgia... People yes. like boomer nostalgia fucking firemen exist, it and it's a little some... bit heavy on the CGI and a bit corny, is, is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, there is some rough CGI in this uh, that didn't that doesn't really need to be there. It's it's kind of strange. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting. Like I said, I'd seen Fallen, which is kind of similar in its it's very police procedural, but with a supernatural element to it. But it's much more of a like horror thriller, so it doesn't really have any. Any, anything in the way of like sentimentality it's quite bleak so i was really taken by surprise by how sentimental this film is and how much it really really leans into that like you said that boomer nostalgia of you know uh baseball and the mets and and yeah smoking with their shirts tucked into their jeans yeah, kind yeah, of thing. yeah. which is kind of like it's it is for someone who grew up watching so much American media, but also growing up in the UK, there is something kind of nice about that, like fake, you know, movie nostalgia for that, um, uh, you know, the America that never existed kind of uh, 
thing, just because it's like, in terms of fiction, it's very comfortable. That's the thing. I almost think of it as like a genre of its own. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I would say it is. Yeah, we get this, like, Captain America fucking prick. Um, dad. Dad, Captain America, all, you know, was he fucking, is it, he's not blue collar because he's a fireman. It's, I don't know, you're working class, dad comes home to his... Not blue collar, you're, you're yeah. white collar, that's the office worker type. No, but I was thinking, like, as a fire, fireman doesn't really, the uniform doesn't... Not, not, yeah, not... uniform jobs are sort of wow. a class of their own, really. Yeah. yeah, it's a service, isn't it? They're more oh, hero heroic. Oh, that's a position, I guess. Yeah. But he, you yeah, know, he's he... a hero, that's what he is in the film. <laughs> Every every day he puts on that uniform, even if he's getting a fucking cat from a tree. Which I don't think does anyone call a fire brigade if you got a cat from a tree. That's not a cat job. That's not a fire brigade job, is it? Like you can't be calling nine 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 or nine one one and be like, "Yeah, there's a cat. I can't get it down." Oh, that's in the fifties. In the fifties, because the poli- <laughs> the only people who had a fucking ladder was like uh, fire brigades back when like. Barbers were also the doctor and the fucking dentist because they had the sharp tools. Firemen had ladders. Get them round for the cat. Fuck's sake. But they set up this family. Uh, it's it's lovely. It's nice. It's ideal. Uh, you know, housewife, kid learning how to fucking ride a bike. And we also get the other timeline, which is the 90s. I think it's 99, right? Yeah, it's towards the end of 99. The firemen are coming for me, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've heard me slagging them. I myself. Just how loud that was. Just in case I'm ever in like a, a life or death situation and need rescue by firemen, A, like being a, being a big cherry picker, I'm a hef- hefty guy. You're not going to sling me over your shoulder. <laughs> but also, I'm really grateful for the work you do, guys. You know? Thanks. And thanks for, thanks for letting us have Steve Buscemi as an actor because... Yeah, we, we couldn't have had him being only a fireman. That's not good. He's so good. <laughs> anyway, thanks, fire people. Right. The 90s, though, is cop. Boo, cop. Um, cop guy, very boring, bland hair, bit miserable. And I got very confused early on because the, he finds a ham radio in his house, but it seems like it's his friend's house because his friend and his son are rummaging around in his house, and I, Abby had to explain to me what was going on, because I got so just thrown off by the fact that it seemed like this guy came home to someone else's house, right? Well, they did make verbal reference to it at the time, but I, th- I think you were scoffing. But no, it's like... <laughs> but, but also, we don't know the characters yet, so like we haven't seen fucking young Michael Sarah, have we? Oh, we have, we have seen Michael Sarah. And then he's all grown up and rummaging Wait, in the guys. No, you're... What? No. Is Michael, Michael Sarah is plays the son of Gordo, uh, God, Gordy, God, Gordon, um, as or like when he's grown up. Oh no, no. So he's in the nineties. It's because because yeah. it, it feels like a flashback in time because he's such a baby face and he, he started he, as a baby also, face and he finished as a baby a face. Because it yeah, was like twenty years ago. 21 years ago. Yeah, so forgive me there. But, like, um, anyway, it, it was. It, I got a bit muddled, and we hadn't even got into the time bending shit yet. Right, but I think ba- you're going to have some problems here. <laughs> no, no, no. But it was like. The, the important thing is, some cop who's a bit bland and depressed from the 90s. His, his 
what his wife isn't like getting on with him very well, and she leaves right at the. St- I think it's. Are they married or is she just his girlfriend, like long term partner? I guess. Soon to be leaving. She leaves him though, right? Whoever she is. Yeah. And he's old. Sat right, and he's called uh, John, and his dad is Frank, right? Was was Frank, and then is Frank. Um, but he discovers a ham radio, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at this old piece of shit! Should definitely play with this when we're all gone." Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna fucking drink something, and maybe he'll fiddle around with it. And luckily, he does. And luckily, it's also I don't know what the the fucking northern lights are happening. What what is the phenomenon is in the it, sky it, am I... about? So. I like, I liked the way the film did this because I liked that it was done in the background without really like, none of the main characters are ever like, oh, it's this. What is that? Oh, we, we, no one, no one wishes music. upon a star or makes yeah, a big point of never, it. Yeah, they, like the main characters do make references to it because they picked up on it on the TV and on the radio, but like no one really goes in. Spells it out. Like there's no like exposition about what's happening. You just have to kind of pay attention to the background noise, which is where I think you may have had the problem. But, um... uh, well, yeah, you expect you you might have, <laughs> but you you might have expected a man with like a oily rag cleaning something, going like, ah, they say once a year when the aurora yeah. borealis is out, you if you make a wish and phone up your dad, you get to tamper with time. <laughs> but uh, a normal man, but with an oily rag for some reason. Yeah, he just but, um... he has an oily rag. He has to have an oily rag. No, I'm a scientist. <laughs> but. Um, but uh... Yeah, the idea is there's a there's some kind of like solar storm happening, um, and it's causing like massive interference with radio waves and radio signals. That's why, and it's also why there's that um, the aurora borealis is appearing much further south than it normally would. Oh, because um, we were Abby and, and I were wondering, isn't it normally not here? Like we couldn't understand yeah, the setting. And it, and that does happen whenever there's um like there have been um like solar storms send send out these huge magnetic waves and it like it, when it's big enough and significant enough it'll cause that to happen like in oh it caused and, the and then and then you and then ham radios can connect to yeah. the past that's what you're saying <laughs> well it does it's gen- genuine science sometimes. When the atmosphere is all fucked up, your ham radio can reach into the past and make a call. That's normal. It's yeah. like if you uh, if you make a tweet and backdate it, you're essentially talking to the past. But um, <laughs> oh my god, this this film that updated where it's all happening over social media. Oh my my girlfriend has just uh, cancelled me off of the internet. <laughs> I'm going to go online now and, oh, oh, is that a fucking hailstorm? Oh, no, I'm communicating to me in the past. um, Yeah, the idea is, and you have, and throughout the film, you have this really, I really liked how they did the the interview with the same scientist, like 30 years apart and aged him up. Um, uh, And also the host of the show that he was talking to is Dick Cavett. Um, yeah. who uh, was a, a he's still alive, he's very old but he's a talk show host yeah. in the US and also an actor he was in Beetlejuice uh, his grandfather was from Carmarthen really? yeah. I've seen the odd Dick Cavett interview on uh, on YouTube an and int- he's not, there's some good ones, he's had some good guests and he has an interesting if not respectful tone with most of them 
It, um, yeah, that came from, I learned that watching his interview with Richard Burton, where Richard Burton was just talking about the, the most Welsh things <laughs> that, like, are very unique to such a tiny country. And, uh, yeah, Dick Cavett that dropped that his grandfather was from Carmarthen. So I just thought that was an interesting connection. Yeah. Um, also, I do have an exorcist connection here, but it's not a good one. Rennie Harlan, who didn't direct this, did direct Exorcist the beginning, that fucking god awful prequel that came out in like two thousand four. Anyway, did they did they use so, a ham radio to contact ghosts or something in that one? Or? <laughs> um God, it was fucking wretched. Anyway, I'm not getting into that. Um Yeah, the the idea is this magnetic storm is fucking with radio waves to the point where the past and the future can kind of communicate with each other, and that's kind of the whole like that's 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 the sci-fi plot. Like that's it. Yeah. So basically, they're playing around with the idea that you, if what if you could talk to uh, someone in the past and it conveniently is your dad, it would be weird if it was a stranger because it might not come up until you start saying what baseball statistics haven't happened yet. And it would come up pretty quickly that you're from a different time period, but you know you could probably have a boring conversation with someone in the past and then not realise. That'd be really, very... be really mundane just talking about, you know, boring, non-particular events. This is, for for a lot of the film, this is sort of a sedate version of Back to the Future Part 2. What, if it was really, like, without action and excitement and fun? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I don't think I'd be able to do it with my dad, but I should be able to do it with my mum, where I would be able to say what things happen to directors or film stars or what happens to a film to convince her that I'm talking to her from the future. Your mum's a bit dense sometimes though, so... No, but she'd be in the past. She'd be like... You could have a conversation with her today and she wouldn't be able to communicate with you in a way that would make sense. I was going to say, like, whenever I have a video call with my mum, it's me explaining modern technology to her, so Uh I don't know if it's that different. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting. How could you prove anything? I, I don't know. They needed to write in. Well, we're both both baseball fucking nerds, so that helps. But Abby, we Abby, were you uh, were you of the opinion that this concept is fine because I don't know they don't elaborate on it, so you like it's fine. Just whatever. Don't question it. It doesn't matter. Was this something that worked, or were were you probably more like I was going? Oh, don't. Did no. See, I knew it. I knew. Potential to work. What do you mean? You mean the premise is fine, not that could you time travel could happen. Yeah, the premise is is sound. It was the execution that was lackluster. Are you, but you like the fact that they don't fucking question. Once they find out they can do it, they just crack on. There's no wait a minute. We could talk with this. They don't try and uncover further science or explore it or explain it. They well, just run with it. They're two and fucking derps. It only yeah. works when the storm is heavier. Yeah, they have a limited amount of time. And they know that. There's like a lightning in the bottle feel to this. We've got to just experience yeah. it. We're not going to exploit it. Well, they do exploit it, but it's a bit like, fuck, this is weird, rather than, oh my god. But are you happy with that, Abby? Is that... Would you would you rather it crack on? You just wanted to crack on in a you know more interesting than it was kind of way. Yeah, it kind of annoys me in modern science fiction when 
they spend so much time sciencing stuff that <laughs> they, Christopher like, Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> it basically inflates a film by half an hour that doesn't yep. need to be there. Yep. It's just like, we get it. It's a fucking sci-fi. That's where I defend the film is like, you know, it's a sci-fi. Of course it isn't yeah, going to happen. premise to hang an actual story on. Yeah, the story is case, about the ramifications and what yeah. you could do and how it would change things. And that's the, the exciting bit, I suppose. It's, yeah, the the... It, it's it is the Christopher Nolan problem of no no we need to dedicate forty minutes of the film to explaining how the mechanics of all of this work, and then a following two hours where the explanations all play out and it's like we'll just put them playing out in there you don't need to <laughs> lay that... the blueprint out for me first. It's that Christopher Nolan thing of like. Um, I don't know if you plebs have noticed, but time is actually pretty complicated <laughs> and interesting. I don't know if you've heard of a thing called time, but uh, let me blow your mind with some basic, oh, obvious schoolboy shit. Hours, I can explain it to you. Well, isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, was it? I mean, it was until you started talking. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I'm not talking about a Nolan film. Uh... But, you know, so it's pretty... It's basically like, hey, who is this? The first conversation is, wait a minute, who, who is it? How do you know so much about me? Wait a minute, you live where I live, huh? What's, you know, they have the obligatory... Oh, stop calling... Stop pranking me, friend. I'm not your friend, buddy. Fucking, what do you, what yeah, do you think yeah. this is? How do you know my wife's name and all this shit? And it's like, wait! And it's basically... Oh, wait, this makes no sense, but it is happening to us... Right, fuck. That's basically it, isn't it? Like, and what? What's the first thing they do? Because they have a like, they basically say goodnight to each other, right? After the first, they there's nothing the exciting yeah, happens, few, right? They have a few conversations where they just sort of bond over stuff, and the baseball thing is how he proves the, you know, he like how his son proves in the, but to his past, to the past dad who he says he is, and then that's where it gets to the... No, no, does this come after? Whenever he reveals when the dad dies, I did laugh when uh, he told him the date, and he was like, that's tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why that made me laugh. It was, it's so immediate. <laughs> It'd be an extra spanner in the works if he was like, son, that was nine weeks ago. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. alive. Yeah. Like, huh? <laughs> this, this mystery got a whole lot more mysterious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What the fuck is happening? I don't even know. My son was hermaphrodite. What? <laughs> what is this story? My son didn't. My son didn't die. He body swapped with his sister. I don't have a sister. Maybe you're not my dad. Wait a minute. Just the man's drunk and fallen asleep. That's what I'm guessing happened. But like at some point, the, the death, the the death of his dad comes up because he can't. Because, uh, like, say, oh my god, I'm talking to my dad from the past. Hey, dad from now, come talk to yourself. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> like, he gets to talk to little version. Like, what's the. His, he calls his son Chief, doesn't he? And he's like, but that's what I used to yeah. be called. Uh, but he does briefly talk to himself. And you go. Fucking weird. Uh, what would you even say to yourself? You'd be like. I mean, if you're old, you'd be like, all right. I would right. have a list of, of awful, embarrassing things I did, particularly as a teenager, ready to go. And I would say, okay, 
Items 1 through 10. Do not do these. <laughs> Nut up, little kid. And you wouldn't know what you were talking about, really. But that's why I think the guy, when he talks to stuff, he's like, yeah, I'm Santa. Don't fuck about. No, that's when he talks to, that's when he talks to Gordo. Because this is, okay, we were talking about this from being like boomer nostalgia, but we also have to acknowledge that there's millennial nostalgia in this as well. <laughs> because the film being set in late 99 and coming out in 2000, there's so much here that gave me like memories of big CRT TVs and um, like big chunky mobile phones mm. from the early 2000s. And him talking, and he talks to Gordo, who was, I think he had, he was going to buy stock in Yahoo and then didn't or something. Yeah, that's something like that. Um, and so whenever he talks to the kid version of Gordo, he says, I'm Santa Claus, I'm going to tell you a word, and I want you to remember it forever. And it sounds kind of weird, but the word is Yahoo. And then whenever, the, at the end of the film, it shows that he did invest in Yahoo, because he had obviously remembered that, and now has a shitload of money. Which is the only thing that you're going to think, once you've got a telephone to the past, and it's your family or people you know, it's instantly like, well, we're all going to be millionaires in a minute then, because yeah. I, I I would probably struggle to think, because it's basically, I don't know, betting on sports events or stocks or something, but fundamentally, that message of just remember Yahoo isn't very helpful. You'd just be going around listening to cowboys cheering, going what What am I supposed to do? He didn't say invest in it. He's like, yeah, yahoo. Some tramp goes, yahoo, I'm so pissed. And you're like, wait, I must talk to the tramp. And you're just like, you're scaring me, boy. What's wrong with you? I was told by a, some a Santa Claus <laughs> if anyone says that word I'm to not do anything in particular. I feel like it would just be a thing of like, you know, 30 years later, a search engine called Yahoo would be invented and you'd just go, huh. and that would be it. That would be <laughs> the end of the... <laughs> Also, you know, maybe we want to bet back the horse called, uh, you know, Google. At least you didn't say Ask Jeeves. That would have been like, oh. Lycos. <laughs> don't invest in AOL or, or <laughs> Net Napster or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he... The main thing is, oh shit, Dad, if you're going to die tomorrow, let me give you some advice. And it's basically, this is an aspect I found troubling, right? So, he knows his dad died in his childhood, in a fire, where he died a hero saving a girl, you know, he presumably burned to death or died of smoke inhalation or whatever. And he goes, Dad, what you need to do is don't trust your instincts Go against them and you'll be fine. And you go, wait, how do you know? Because he went to this part of the thing, he trusted his instincts. But it, how do you know? He could have gone down a building. Like, he basically goes down a helter-skelter and escapes. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it was, that is, it's weird in such, in a film that is very, because, um, like, for all its flaws, the film is is quite, like, meticulous in the way it sets up and, and pays off the um the like time not time travel but like time, time tampering interfere yeah like it it goes to great lengths to kind of use that in different ways and try really hard to have it make logical sense so it is it that that the way that's done is oddly contrived but just like how would a kid know he might know his dad died in a fire, but he wouldn't know any of the circumstances. And even if the, they, they investigate it afterwards... Just, I think he just said that 
some someone like one of the other firefighters or his mum or something said that he'll he always followed his instincts. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it doesn't because the the better advice would be, Dad, don't go to fucking work today. No fire, no Bernie. Call you know. Yeah. I, I I guess it's because he has to save the girl. Well, he doesn't save the girl. I guess in the in the timeline that starts off, and so. You know, there's no. It is not like the way to save the girl. It's like I've played this video game before. It's not like Edge of Tomorrow where you can have a bunch of cracks at it. It's one go, don't go. And like you know, you just avoid, yeah. avoid, stop being a fireman, and you won't die in a fire. Because at this point, they don't know if it'll work. Essentially, he's giving advice on the the gamble that well, you know, it won't do any harm. But it could have been like the kind of fuck you fucked either way thing where he went the other well, way I mean, and he still is- died. <laughs> Yeah, like some other way. Well, that's the thing. It's it it does that. Like you mentioned, the Twilight Zone. It does that classic thing of like, it worked. He survived, but now other stuff has gotten fucked up, so they have to fix that. Like yeah. it's the sort of, but it's not his own death in the well in this case. Abby, what did you make of the old? I guess I'll just find a magical hatch to a, a spiral slide that goes on forever business. Well, if you really paid attention, it made sense. It was some kind of um, seed warehouse, which mm. was a bit like a silo, where like, stuff goes down, it's all bagged up, that kind of thing. But if you didn't pay attention, you would have no idea why there was a slippy slide. In <laughs> also, the fact that he throws his helmet out the window in a really cool way, <laughs> he smashes it's, a window <laughs> with his, hel- with his that, fireman's yeah, hat. It's, it's something that the film does uh, um, a lot that is I don't know. It, it, this this is a twenty year old film, so maybe that would have been cooler at the time. But the use of slow motion to demonstrate when something they've they've done has changed stuff just is it it, it ends up being there's a lot of everyday household items falling in slow motion in this film. Mm. Um, but, they, but the dad I, I the like dad the some... dad bursts out of the slide into the I don't know bit of. Docks or something through a broke like a hat, closed hatch or it's pretty fuck right. Normally that's where you'd be loading up your food. seeds, or whatever. Okay, but uh, and then from that point on, uh, he could get he can go home now to the radio and report back, right? Or does he have to wait another year? How does he? When does the next opportunity well, no, to talk? This all happening. This this all has to happen over like the number of days that the storm is happening. Okay, so it's a, a it's, week or so. Yeah, that's a pretty long-lasting, uh, you know, light-based storm thing. What is it anyway? I don't even understand what it is. It's a, Reflection it's of a light. Storm. Right. So it's a. Uh, he reports back, son. You'll never fucking guess. I'm not dead, bitch. Are you sure I died? Because I didn't fucking die today. You know. Um, and the kids, I, the, I the like... guy's thrilled then, but he can remember. This is this yeah. is a weird aspect. Yeah, he has a little seizure. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea where he he talks about how he now has both sets of memories, and it's really strange. Like it's it's like whenever you wake up from a dream and you like you can't quite remember what happened in the dream. I like I I almost feel like that's something I wish the film had explored a little bit more. Is just like. What effect would it have on the sun to oh, now? Oh, he's he's absolutely traumatized forever. They have yeah. to stop 
touching the radio because the more they do the layers of memories this guy the guy has lived multiple lives like and each each the butterfly effect takes place so like he's potentially had like he finds out he had like a girl his girlfriend no longer remembers him in the same way like she remembers him but not as a boyfriend it's like oh my god if the dad keeps tampering you're gonna have like fucked and slept with different people live different lives had different careers and you'll remember them and like it's a good answer because essentially he'd pick up the radio and go, son, I'm alive. And he'd be like, you've always been alive, Dad. Uh, what's the problem? Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it, I, I, it's fucked. I think without the serial killer aspect of the film, that's a direction it could have gone in that would have been interesting. The problem there, I think, is it would have been potentially quite bleak. Well, yeah, it's because... It would have been interesting if they uh, screwed with it so much that somehow... Somehow John had died. Well, yeah, that's what I... I thought that might be an option, because he's, get, he's yeah, got all these memories. Yeah. yeah, so once you stack it, like, okay, so I remember my dad dying when I was a little kid, but now I rem- now that you've tampered... Like, we get visual clues, like, uh, like physical things changing slightly, but fundamentally, he goes, I fucking remember both timelines. And you go, yeah. oh, yeah, because you'd need... To, in order to have further conversations and for this to keep working... This only works if you remember that it was different. And now you go as soon as you go, okay, this, okay, what? Well, how do you live your life? You never know what's real or not, would you? <laughs> because yeah, you, you no, would. <laughs> Deja vu takes on a whole new fucking layer. Not only that, though, on top of it, you've also realised you can communicate across time, like that by itself. Fuck. Oh, it's it so is... like. There's so much to unpack. Like, you can communicate to your dad 30 years ago, so you're like, oh my god, we, we're definitely becoming millionaires after this when we exploit all the baseball stuff I know has happened. I could be looking stuff up in my al- almanac to see all the details, or just yahooing it to find out the answers to <laughs> 1960s sports events. But basically, but then you're going, oh fuck. It's weird, because I remember, because he has 30 years of fake memories now, and the new memories, and he doesn't know which ones are which, and he's going... Oh, do you remember when I was like you in his? Like, there's so much more in his head now. He's like, oh, do you remember, Dad, when I was like uh, 16 in the timeline where you lived? You were a right prick to me. Or yeah. well, I remember like the, uh, there was another timeline when I was I got a really awesome day out with my mum, uh, but you didn't exist. And you're like, well, which you can kind of pick and choose the good and the bad from each well, memory, and it just becomes a clusterfuck. And now his mum's dead. That's the movie's problem, isn't it? Like, yeah. never, never mind yeah. all these complicated uh, eth- the ethics of having the trauma of having two memories. Your mum's dead in one of them. Bollocks! Like, so now it, the the movie becomes: How can we keep tampering with time and get it in a way we're all happy that at least all the people we know are alive? It is. Speaking of Back to the Future, it is kind of nice that the goal here ultimately at the end of the film with all of the tampering is for everyone to be okay rather than to own a really big truck yeah because because <laughs> the obvious thing is to have it be let's just be rich people with golden yeah. jet skis and let's invest in all the right things and become mega billionaires but it's like it has to be about saving lives like whether it's stop smoking yeah, but not even the dad. Like the the serial killer aspect brings in. So the mum's dead. You've got to have your mum back. That's harsh. You can't swap the dad for the mum. And but it's also I feel sorry for the. So a serial killer killed three women, but now it's nine or ten, including ten. the mum. Yeah, 
And the idea is, because the dad didn't die in a fire, the mum stayed in hospital and corrected a mistake that kept the serial killer who was in yeah. hospital alive. Yeah. And he and got to kill... Killed he killed nurses. He's like the Nightingale killer or something. And so he's alive, and that's a new problem. And I kind of think, well, hang on now. If you tamper with this timeline, what if you get, like, a sister? And you're like, oh, no, my mum's alive, my dad's alive, and now my sister exists, but she's been killed. And you're like, yeah. I didn't I don't even I didn't even start off with a sister. Now we're saving a new <laughs> child. And it's like, what if my mum did this and then she had an abortion and my sister never existed? But she didn't exist in the first place. So do we save the new daughter? Like this and then oh shit, we've just killed loads of other women. We got so they start by like saving okay. the first women, right, don't they? Like it's Yeah, this is this you know, is I watched, I, like, me and my wife watched this, and this was a question that she had at the end. She'd seen this before, but yeah. I guess she hadn't, like, thought about it at the time. But whenever it, like, because it goes into this whole thing where, like, the 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 cop son from the future is having the having his dad essentially investigate the killer in the past to yeah. prevent him killing the mum. But... Part of the point is not only did he kill the mum, he killed a shitload of other women. Yeah. Um, and the way it ultimately plays out is the serial killer ends up, um, like remaining alive because he was saved in hospital, and in the end, it's the it's his dad who is now still alive in the current like present timeline kills the serial killer in the present. But that means that serial killer, killer killed a shitload of other people. And lived lived happily as a murderer for thirty years. And yeah. this this is the really sad bit. In no version of this are they saving the first three women because oh. the dad already <laughs> exists in a timeline where three women are dead. You go if you were one of those dead women, you'd be like, Really? You couldn't have had an Aurora Borealis like when I was alive and intervened. We couldn't stop that murder happening. I'm dead. Where's my it's, fucking phone call from the future? The the way the film ends, I did find like it though like it dragged in a few places, but once it started to tie up at the end, I found myself getting frustrated with how quickly and conveniently it was tying up. Well, we're all fine, so we'll leave the tampering there. <laughs> he can still keep talking on the radio, right? Or scratching words into the table back and forth. Well, not back in one way, innit? The, the scratching the words thing could actually continue indefinitely. Or just t- start scraping things into the whole house. Just throughout the 70s and 80s, you just live in a house where you've left messages for your future son. And then people, you invite, you invite dinner guests around and you can't explain, look, these are just messages from a future son. There's little, like, wood-burned cocks and balls hidden in little parts of the house, like under the <laughs> wallpaper. Or just, but, um, uh, or, you're, or maybe you're a new girlfriend. She, unbeknownst to you, she gets rid of some, like, older furniture. And you're like, no, that was the next message from my dad. That was where the serial killer wallet was kept with the fingerprints on, you dumb bitch. Don't I sell did, that. Like, the... So, the... The whole like serial killer thing is it's weird because I it it pads the film out but I I didn't dislike it I I just feel like it 
the ramifications are a big, big problem. It's like you're playing God now with timelines, yeah. and you're letting other women die. Like they do save one woman. Like basically, the dad goes to a bar where she was known to be last seen, and because he's there, the serial killer can't strike, and that doesn't work every time. And it means that he gets embroiled, and you know, one of the cops who lives the one the the Captain Holt uh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah. is in the past. And the present, he's like uh, the colleague or whatever of 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 the son, right? But he also yeah. he's a friend and cop investigating the serial killer in the past, and so the dad he's... ends up being a bit of a suspect, and because he confronts the killer, right? Go on, Abby. And I loved it when his reaction to watching the yes. ball game and finding out that uh, Frank was telling the truth. It's just so. Like, I don't know how you would react to that. Jiminy yeah. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, that's what I was going to say. Whenever you, right at the start, you mentioned him being in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and how he's he's a lot more serious in this. That is the one moment he gets to, be, like, be funny. And it's so quick, but it's done so well. <laughs> that, like, um, and it, especially because it happens in a scene where, yeah. He, There's a lot of trouble. Because now the, yeah, the killer's set it up so that Frank is now the suspect. So they've taken him in. Frank's explained to... What's his name? Satch. Right. Um, Captain Holt, sure. What's happening, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, Frank's oh. wife has come in, so <laughs> he's taken her out to like tell her, I think Frank killed a woman. <laughs> but in the middle of that <laughs> conversation, he gets sucked into the baseball game. And as far as she knows, he's just really into the game. And him looking back and like smiling, like it, oh, it's, it's kind of it, it, the, la- the the laser. This are so comedic as well because you know this dad has started having uh, a chat on a CB. He's got really into his CB radio chats with some chap called John, who's perfectly nice. Turns out it's your own son from the future. Okay, he's keeping that under his hat. Um, but so he's having these conversations with his son. And he's confronting the killer, and the killer's like managed to nick his ID, isn't it? And and his wallet at his the cr- driver's his driver's license was found on the scene of one of the crime and the blah blah blah. So he's been set up by the killer who, you know, had a confrontation in one of these bars. And so when basically he's impl- implied in the crime, it is just like. Now, honey, uh, I'm going with my friend the policeman to the station, but also let me jabber on to this radio momentarily. Don't arrest me. Son from the future, help me. I'm being arrested. Also, don't worry about this grown man on the CB radio calling me dad. Yeah, yeah. Sh- don't worry about And then my explanation is going to be, so, why was... What, what, we found your ID. Where have you been? Because we found your ID on the corpse of a girl who's been killed. Are you the serial killer? It's like, no... But I can explain, I'm getting calls from my son. He predicted a baseball game, if you don't believe me. And it's like, oh my god, what is this? It's just a madman. Um, Satch, the, the, the other cop, I yeah. really liked the scene where he's trying to explain to Frank, who's trying to tell him all of this like time travel stuff. Yeah. And he's like, you you killed someone <laughs> like he's like the way he's like 
so like frustrated with this yeah 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 he appears to have just gone insane yeah it's just like what do you want it doesn't matter if someone got shoe polish on a baseball you're you're, I've brought you to the police station because you're a suspect as a serial killer I know you but I don't know you that well and then it is like gosh shucks I guess his baseball trivia means he didn't because he can predict the future ten minutes ahead his story must be all true like from that point on, it starts to build momentum so quickly that I realised, like, so did he tell his wife what was going on? Like, no. does she know? Abby, do you have any... Do you know, do you, how clear was it to you all this business? I mean, I'm assuming you have notes and things. I lost my notes. Oh, you need to go back in time and find them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really like anyone listening to this hasn't watched the film. It's fucking, oh it's a mess to actually explain. Oh, but, it is. Which is good because the the way the film plays out, it's all like it's it's not a complicated time travel story. No, not really. Like it doesn't it doesn't do a lot, and it does it, it set things up before it 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 does them in a fairly efficient way. So it's not confusing when you watch it. But it's a fucking nightmare to explain. Well, it's because it's it's because it's also trying to be an action movie, right? The the trouble here is, so the it could just stick to a premise of the time travel paradox. You're getting secret information from the future, you and you're stacking up different memories in your traumatized son's brain. But (laughs) you also have got this serial killer who is a cop. It turns out, and so the fact is, the dad is like, I'm in in an action movie. Not only have I. babbled on to my friend a load of mad shit that is actually happening I am going to escape from here so he does like a hitman style booby trap where he gets an electric wire in a puddle and and sets up of course he knows how to booby trap people and escape (laughs) from police cells like, but he, this is like, I'm a fucking, I'm Quaid, the all-American fucking dad who's going to escape. And so he can't just stay in, like, he's kind of basically proven it now. His wife's there, his friend is like, I, I, this is mental what you're saying, but that baseball game turned out exactly as you said. <laughs> and then, but though he's, he's like, he's not even there because he has to escape. Who does he end up electrocuting? Like, the, the, the serial killer who works in the police station is like, he's got, a, you know, he's got, he's gotten a hold of the information, isn't he? That... The serial killer who looks like Peter Serafanowicz playing Al Pacino. I I thought mm-hmm. I thought like what if Charles Manson shaved? <laughs> I will. I like they they don't like they don't go too much into the serial killer. Like he's just sort of there. But I I like. I didn't like for, that for, they didn't. Um... I mean, it, there's they, already they so to, much happening. They just needed to plant something a little bit earlier because by the time you yes. work out that guy's the killer, you're like, well, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, it's it it comes in a bit too late. Um, but also, but the the, the son the son confronts the serial killer in the '90s as well. He like finds him in a bar when they've because like, they got the wallet with fingerprints that they found, and yeah. so the, the, the the dad leaves the. Bag, baggies up his wallet to leave the prints for the son and then the son can investigate various suspects and eventually narrows it down to some bloke in a bar. I, th- I thought the serial killer in the future was very calm and like that's exactly the reaction you'd want to have if you wanted to get away with it because he's not like, how do you know I'm a serial killer? He's like, whatever, I don't even don't believe you, shall I? There's a, really, there's a really good little subtle thing to his performance um, that 
that I was really impressed with, and I don't remember seeing this guy in anything else. Like he's a Canadian actor, but um, he, whenever he's confronted in the bar, and uh, John makes it clear that like he knows he's the Nightingale, Nightingale killer. The the killer himself is like very like yeah he's like whatever like he doesn't like he's he's not selling it but he's he's smoking at the time and whenever John leaves he um puts the cigarette in his mouth and you can see like his hand shaking mm, and that's not bad has this really yeah it's it's a very like it's almost imperceptible but you can tell he's got like that he's like. It's just holding it in and freaking out because he's like suddenly in the shit after getting away after with it. Thirty years, yeah, yeah. But it's also that thing of well, John, uh, if you've got the serial killer, you want to tell him about you know you're onto him when you've arrested him and have proof, not warn yeah, him beforehand. <laughs> you know, get him arrested and preferably in the timeline that saves more people. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm sure that's considered like um, compromising an investigation. I mean, like, what what are the legal ramifications of time travel tampering? <laughs> oh, well, it's and, definitely and not on. About, we're also talking about if we're talking about that, uh, John also really should be uh, disciplined in some way for his terrifying interrogation of the guy he initially thinks is the killer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that guy connect to it? Because he was he like the father or something? What was the? He, no, he was in the same class as what the first victim, I think. Yeah, he happened. Oh, and he to be yeah. Connected to and people, but it was it was a red herring. John is, and again, another just on its own, another really good scene is him, like whenever the number of murders jumps from three to ten, and Satch gives him all the files. And he starts looking for looking through them, and immediately comes across a picture of his mother's corpse. Oh Jesus! And like his reaction to it was really like was really visceral. I really appreciated how, um, just how um, blunt that scene was. But again, odd contrast to like the earlier scenes in the film where it's this very kind of sappy father-son bonding story. And um, I, if the guy's getting memories as well, the murder happened ages ago, right? So he remembers when his mum died. He, he yeah. has all these. He's like, "Oh, Dad, I feel the two memories. I remember you dying, and I, no, I also remember they, the horrific funeral of my mum." Now they might not have told him that she was like murdered, and mutilated. He just knows that she died. If they had a close Maybe the casket, news or it was like a big story. The Nightingale killer would be weird, famous. There is a there's a weird scene though where like after he saved his dad. He tries to call his mum and he gets the answering machine. I think it's the the idea is that changes don't necessarily happen instantly. They in the fade in. Out. In a kind of yeah, back like, to the future, the photograph is fading kind of way. Yeah. Oh, just, but, oh my God, all the things that could happen to you. Because 30 years, it's all, the big hits are going to be your dad or your mum dying. But you'd be like, oh God, I'm not living in this timeline. Now that we've altered it, I got caught wanking when I was 16 by my teacher and and drag, dragged out in front of all the school. And it, it was like, <laughs> like, we're not, Dad, we're, whatever we're doing, we're, you can die in the fire now. I am not having a memory <laughs> where I got caught wanking in school. Now, Anything else is fine. Also, mum's dead. But seriously, the wanking in school thing is not happening in any timeline. And also, 
if we correct this, it'll always be a memory. We're, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be in one floor of the cuckoo's nest by the end of this. Yeah, this wasn't a happy did. ending. He's got at least three layers of new memories, right? Because his dad doesn't die of cancer and he doesn't die in a fire, so that's at least two timelines. And the mum is saved, sort of. Fuck, he's fucked, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, the ending sh- should probably not be them playing all playing baseball and should just be him in hospital. <laughs> I've got schizophrenia. Who the hell is that little boy? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know that too, and I wasn't positive who it was supposed to be. So, okay, if we are talking about that ending bit, speaking of Back to the Future, most of the age makeup in this is 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 pretty good some some there's some scenes where it's kind of obvious but there are some other scenes where it's subtle i think satch the guy from brooklyn line nine his age makeup is probably the most effective um they did well to get uh jim cav what's his name caviezel to make him look like a child again incredible he was smaller <laughs> he was a smaller boy <laughs> but for whatever reason didn't quite work with Dennis Quaid, and he ends up looking like future Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> like, just, there's just something about his age makeup that is not quite just right, slightly. And he looks like talky. he should be watching Marty's car at the end. It's, I think it's because uh, Quaid has this, this, not not a puffy face exactly, but it's quite fleshy, like in the I know cheeks. What you mean. Yeah. And when you're old, you get thin, but they couldn't thin his face. No. So he just looks like weirdly plump for an old person. Yeah. You thought it was the real Quaid. It isn't. <laughs> it's shitty yeah. age makeup. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a deal breaker because it's so brief. But what is what what confused me a little bit, right? So we got the the serial killer is confronted in both timelines. Uh, the dad does he shoot the hand of the killer, but he gets away and lives for thirty years. That's the idea, is it? Yes. He, so he like, fails to, even though they have a bunch of clues and information, the dad, I know he's a fireman, but he in no way manages to catch the killer. He just no, gets no, away with it. A, they have a fight underwater and he thinks he's drowned him. Ah, yes, um, yes. But he got away a la the end of yes. like Arkham fucking games. Where, you, oh, yes. it, water equals they're gone until they return. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he breaks into their house tries to rape the mum, which fucking hell. And Jesus. Then, um, and then uses the kid as, like, a hostage. Classic. And threatens to break his neck. I, and again, this is what I was going to say about the, the guy who plays the killer. Like, he doesn't have a lot to work with, but he does a good job of just being a fucking scummy piece of shit and really, like, going all in on that performance. Like, fuck it, if I'm, if I'm just going to be a one-dimensional psycho, I may as well, like, do it properly. But, um... Yeah, and then they, they, like he, the kid ends. Up, oh, she jumps him from the from the stairs. Um, so he drops oh, yeah, the kid. Do, and, not, do not mess with a mum and her child. She will no. fuck you up if she can. And then um, Dennis Quaid grabs the shotgun, and the killer like has his hand out because he's going to grab either the kid or or the gun. Oh, so he's so he's, he's not protecting his face. Like bullets can't go through my hand. No. <laughs> But um, so it, and then in the future when they're fighting in the same house, uh, his hand suddenly like shrivels up and wastes away, mm. which again which he I, watches I, and is confused by. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take Rich's role here now. I don't. I feel like that's that's not right because like <laughs> if it's if it's based on what like what happened in the past is now changing the future. Why would his hand shrivel up and vanish? Why would it not just be gone suddenly? Yeah, because you'd have lived without that hand for thirty years. <laughs> you'd have become the hook serial killer. You know. I don't know. No, none of it makes sense because it's based on a paradox anyway. So, one, yeah. one paradox is as good as twenty all stacked up on each other. And then the dad turns up and in like because now he survived because he also quit smoking. He just so crumpled. He, he crumpled up one fag packet and yeah. gave up. He was, that's such a good t- like. I didn't remember him saying, "Oh, dad, obviously you died of cancer this time," because he didn't instantly go, "Oh, well, I'm giving up smoking." Then he was like, "Oh, I'll think about it now and give up." Later on, like he's like, you sound like your mother. <laughs> like the whole, it is it, again the boomer nostalgia thing. That's a very, <laughs> that generation dad thing of like, shut up, smoking's good for you. Don't <laughs> don't tell me what's right and wrong. <laughs> Get in but, the way um, of my pleasure. I was, and this maybe it sounds weird because I did complain a bit about the the tone of the film being a bit all over the place, but I kind of wish they were going to have the killer be shot by the dad. Don't just shoot him in like the chest or whatever. Have him blow his fucking head off. <laughs> like fucking well, go. Well, I'd want the what the thing I'd want is they tamper with time. The dad gives up. I'll give up smoking and then I'll survive. Uh, die of nut cancer or something else instead. But like he he gives up smoking and then he's basically teleported into the future. But there should be a bit <laughs> when the guy's resting with the serial killer, his hand disappears and all this. You should be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking kill you bloke who somehow made my hand disappear and like you forgot one thing what i've just remembered my dad's alive for 30 years uh, <laughs> Boom! <laughs> like it would it should have been i've just had a new memory layer <laughs> yeah. it's it, it the ending of the film kind of has a similar problem to the ending of bill and ted's bogus journey where like the time travel all comes together very conveniently right at the last second. Station! Yeah, no. Like, it, 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 it's the problem is just... The problem is like, well, if you did something in the past, it isn't happening now. It already happened. It can't vanish now. It always has yeah, been. But we've set the precedent of, I remember it. Because if I don't remember, I'm going to have fucking amnesia every time we tamper. It, it just can't work, can it? Not even on a... Obviously, CB radios can't contact the past. It's just... The paradox yeah, is a paradox it, and causes problems endlessly, you know? Having it affect a third party in a sort of real-time way as the scene plays out makes it more difficult. Like, if it's if the sun is remembering things like all of the different ways they happened it kind of makes sense because he's immediately involved like he's the one tampering in it but the idea of the serial killer then having things like affect him as they change kind of opens up a whole different potentially very interesting aspect of the story that just doesn't have a ch- like how is this affecting other people also like, how it's more you're... interesting to think like does Satch suddenly have memories of different oh, lives and he's going insane because yeah. he doesn't know what? Oh my god, but also he, Satch is like, 
oh my god, you knew the baseball thing? Show me your fucking... He's going to spend the next 30 years before the sun's... Before the night, Satchers all got in there and gone, fucking hell, show me your magic radio. Let's talk to your son yeah, and yeah. get some tips for about fucking more baseball matches. Or like, it's even like, oh my god, you were right, and now our lives will play out normally for 30 years. No. Because the radio only works... Only when the Aurora Borealis works, then... Yeah, the... Like, regardless of it just being during the solar storm, there's someone they know who is in on all of this would think, well, there must be another way to make this happen if the radio is capable of it. They Come just, on, they got it. And up. that's how their scientist friend Bill got killed, and then they didn't do anything else. Oh, right. So, <laughs> is there a scenario where some, is it like, Satch goes off and is like, oh my god. They, 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 right, get buy all the ham radios from Radio Shack. We're going to travel to wherever there's a fucking, you know, s- s- weird storm. Like, you, you're going to start running experiments, start believing in weird shit, or you're just yeah, going to be hanging around with your future predicting friend and waiting for him to tell you something. Move to the northmost point of Canada. The shitload of ham radios. And try and communicate to, to, to anyone. But, like, um, there's a bit of false drama when they in the in when I think uh, Frank is initially like arrested and starts babbling down the radio to his son, I, and they knock the radio over and it's like oh no it's damaged and I think in the 90s a baseball drops on the floor my god this boring symbolism, but like all that happens is he goes oh I guess I could repair it right <laughs> yeah it, yeah <laughs> no what does it's... he does he send a clue a different way first he sort of there's something he sends. Like, I don't know. Something gets burnt into the table. That's it. That's much earlier. But there, is it, he doesn't uh, do anything else to sort of send messages to the future. He just fixes no, the radio. That and the fixing of the radio as well, like the hand thing. I I don't like the idea of in the future he's seeing them like emerge because like I just doesn't. I mean, I guess in this film that's how it is done, so it's fine. But my preference would be like suddenly it's just there because it's always been there. Yeah, but it, it, it's just the problem of do you go with things happen because it's just we're setting a precedent that 1969 is the tampering point and anything yeah. can happen. But you know, obviously, the tampering is remembered; otherwise, it doesn't work. It has to be. You can't. There's no way to do it without it not making sense. Is all like this? Yeah. There's no way around yeah, you it. Have to- just be okay with the way the film does it and it is like it is consistent like there's nothing there isn't anything that really like was glaringly like hang on you just now this doesn't make sense yeah the, the, the logic people use is insane sometimes and the the premise is dopey but like it stays true to what it's doing <laughs> i think that the, the like the main problem that i had because I liked the film for the most part, but I feel like it was doing too much well, it's, all the time. It's insane, and yet it's boring. How are the characters so dull? Like, they're so boring people. I would rather it have been either more, like, lean one way or the other. Be more, more like Time a- Cop or something and fun. Well... Abby, what do you think? Are you you were like a bit fucking hell, get get on with it or what, Abby? Um, it was more for something that had a lot of peril. 
it was oddly languid. Yeah. So it was just like it didn't commit to any genre at all. It's like it wasn't an action movie, it wasn't a science fiction, it wasn't a fantasy. It could have been a fucking Christmas movie. How corny it was! It was just like that's so cheesy. The the first like big chunks of it are this kind of um, very uh, like like I said before, saccharine family drama. Um, But if it had if it had been like just stuck with this idea of like a family that had been broken up by a tragedy reconnecting because of this weird time anomaly been shorter, but a bit more consistent. That's something that like, I don't know if I would necessarily like that, but I I think it overall would be better because of the consistency. Whereas this is like, it starts as that. And then it just sort of pivots into this more like thriller type story before then pivoting back into the saccharine family drama happy ending at the end it's really like it's a really strange thing where it keeps switching the track it's on um Mm. and i like it doesn't give you enough time to kind of settle into either of them and but also because of the way the director works because fallen is kind of very it's a very dark story and it's interesting but it's very underplayed. Like it's not a it, it's not a particularly like over the top like horror thriller or anything. It's very low key. So that's kind of his thing. Like that's that's how he directs. It's very like workmanlike. Um, but for this, because like it's it's shifting between these different tones, it almost like I feel like it needs a director who has more of a sort of visually distinct style to make it a little bit more to give it a little bit more like flash yeah i will and i will say like for the the saccharine family drama stuff i did like dennis quaid and jim because jim jesus's uh performances especially the bit where they are like they have that heartfelt moment where they say that they love each other over the phone. Jim Caviezel especially seemed like he was actually telling his own dad that he loved him and was yeah. tearing up. Like, oh, this is like, yes, it's a bit much for my taste, but like, there's they like the performances are good. Like objectively, I can't take anything away. Um, and I th- I think everybody in it throughout the film does a good job with it. I just kind of wish it was one or the other. Yeah, that's its main issue, is that they really needed to pick a thing and get stuck into it. Also, you can keep the Garth Brooks song over <laughs> that ending. Jesus Christ, that was a lot. Like, it was already very sappy and cheesy, and then that song started, and I was like, fuck me, this, okay. <laughs> they, they, they shouldn't be able to use the sappy and cheesy in the same sentence as serial killer that's no not... <laughs> breaking the rules that is i don't know for me it was never a good premise <laughs> like it was a bad i no matter how you make phone calls to the past it, there's all sorts of problems with telling that story and the fact that they made it this chintzy family vibes americana nostalgia porn I was like, no, thank you. And don't muddy the waters by throwing in a daft serial killer. Just none of it quite worked for me. 
I just wanted it to conclude in a way that I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. I was just kind of freaked out by how traumatized this guy would be with his multiple memories and how fucked it is to choose like what timeline do we live in do we live in a time like is my life a little bit meh because he picked the timeline he was happy with and i in a different one i could have been a rich successful person or dead possibly (laughs) but i live in this timeline because some bloke had a had a phone call with his dad years ago you know what i mean I should say, like, we're talking about how um, it could have leaned one way or the other and it should have maybe leaned a bit more into the over-the-top stuff. The problem then is you end up with the fucking butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher. Ah. So, so in know. that sense, it's a great film. <laughs> that it isn't bad at all. I don't um, know. What free... Yeah, it's... There's a, there's, a, there's a better family, like, heartwarming family drama... And there's a better, like, dark thriller in the film, especially the dark thriller thing, because I know that this director can do that really well. So it's it's odd that it kind of just sort of does this awkward balancing act, but never quite does either of them justice. Yeah. I mean, it's not on my frequency. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Were you saving that for the... No, I literally, literally just thought of it. <laughs> I don't know, I just... We need a pithy way to end, guys. Is there anything else we need to say? Any other little tidbits, notes, or otherwise that we want to mention? Otherwise, I think we've all, you know, got there. Unless, Abby, you, you felt like you didn't quite put the full stop on how you felt about it. It's also oddly peopleless. Peopleless? Like, there are people in like it. We saw about four people. Maybe five. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Actually, <laughs> yeah. apart yeah. from that one thing where they're watching the ball game, where time... the entire neighborhood is at his house. <laughs> like the t- yeah, the time travel being what's an exciting scenario? Oh, fires and rescues, but also mainly living rooms having a chat with your dad. Uh... Again, that's the the hour-and-a-half-long heartwarming family drama that I'm talking about, where it's mostly just in one house, without the suddenly there's some Silence of the Lambs stuff happening. (laughs) (laughs) Just talk to your dad, is the message of the movie. Talk to your dad. They might be dead, and you might not get the chance to CB radio them from the past and tamper in your lives and bring them back. And if you do bring them back, your dad might be a bit of a prick when he gets middle-aged. Suddenly he's full of resentment. Maybe he hates being old. He, maybe he would have preferred dying young as a hero fireman. Instead he's got fucking lumbago and a fucking midlife crisis to deal with. You and know? you know, there was the big scandal at work. And he got me too in the OEs. Oh no. Still to come. <laughs> Go on, Abby. Well, I was just saying, like, well, he wasn't one of the people who was doing the moody stuff, but he wasn't not one of those people either. So there's just this sort of ambiguity to the whole situation. Yeah, there's all kinds of... The 30 years, a lot could have happened that you might not yeah. want to have happened. The, <laughs> the butterfly effect has been way, way underestimated seems, by this film. You know, your, your dad seems like a very old-fashioned kind of guy. You, you maybe... Uh... Just keep him off Facebook. That would be <laughs> that would be my thing if I could send oh, a God. message back in time for somebody's parents. Is don't let them on Facebook. Frequency frequency two would just be about meme problems, wouldn't it? Just like <laughs> fucking oh, just dad, stop sharing minion memes. No one wants your fucking Republican jokes. 
about being a fucking boomer? And I don't know. It, there's all kinds of potential for sequels. I can't believe they made a TV show. Does it, like, the TV show isn't the same dad and son, though, right? Um, I don't know. I've, ne- I've never... I've never seen it. I have no idea. I feel like no one ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't seen this, but there's, here we are discussing it. Now, you never know what's going to come up. You never know what will happen in your future. So, you know... Yeah, there was one season of the TV series. <laughs> Someone needs to go back in time and tell them to fucking do things differently. That's the, that's a 7.5 on IMDb, but I don't know if that really means anything. Oh, I'd long so- st- I've long ago stopped trusting IMDb ratings. Any internet fucking... Anyone with an opinion on the internet, including podcasters, can shut up. I'll make my own mind up, but I have, and I don't care for frequency. <laughs> the film, the TV show, I you know assume I wouldn't like it. <clears throat> that's all. Anyway, I think uh, that's it for now, right, guys? Oh, we should have recorded this over a. Uh, can you record a CB radio? No. No. Oh, well, you'd have to. You'd have to record yourself. Never mind. They bring up they bring up the the fact that you need a license for hey kid you need to have a license what's your fucking special cords ooh it's the same as mine but like they have a like thing about licenses We're like how do you police that would you get someone come around your house and say oh you've been talking on the radio to people nice truckers and police officers what who do you how does it matter like how many people are on there. Uh, I think it's like having a TV license in the UK. It's like sort of policed. You might get a threatening letter every now and again. All right. Oh, but uh, you know, if you want to watch the Beeb, you have to have a CB radio. Like, what? How is it like a TV license? Like, you, just because it's sort of like, oh, you should, and most people do. Or so, I don't know. Are they still a thing? Like, can you, if I had one, I wouldn't get anyone, would I? Because there'd be no truckers or whatever using them like a taxi driver my dad was a taxi driver i mainly had car phones but i think he had a my no i had a car i have to get a magic car phone or something see if i can get a lift but in the in the 90s i confused myself who this guy is on my cb radio but i think he's a fucking lunatic I think we go back to like Abby's part trying to talk to a mum it's just like no no you need to press if you want to talk you press the button are you hearing this? Hello? Hello? No, no. Oh, you have to say, uh, oh, you, there's etiquette. No, no, no. Not that Bravo Tango shit. Oh, Jesus. Look, um, hang up the radio and <laughs> restart it. You're doing it wrong. I'm going to phone you from the landline and I'll explain how the buttons work. Fucking hell, this person. You know, it'd be like that, wouldn't it? Trying to get parents to deal with technology. Anyway, let's hang up our call before we go on. Is there a call? I don't know. Let's go. Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis.